Because at the end of the day, I don't think that these are just words. Like they're almost like a medical advance team and they're sent to do like the prep work of the great physician. And like, that's that healing of the brokenhearted and the binding up of their wounds. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ladies, this season on the show, I have been wanting to have on more people who I just find are interesting. People who don't necessarily come to me through the normal channels of publicists and that sort of thing for something they're promoting, but people who I just genuinely admire and think are doing amazing, cutting-edge things or have incredible stories. And at the top of that list for me was Erin Moon. Aside from the fact that I have a ton of odd things in common with her, like being an Enneagram 3, a big theater background, and apparently a love for the summer camps that we both attended for many years leading up to college, but she's also just so good at approaching everything that she does in a unique and creative way. If you've ever watched her on Instagram, her stories are so completely her. They are unique. They are well-crafted. Her Swipe Up newsletter has that same vibe, and now she's even offering an audio companion to it. Everything she does seems to have this cutting-edge creativity to it. Plus, she's just such a thoughtful person in what she's putting out there that I know if she's taken the time to share it with the rest of us, it's something that she really cares about or thinks deeply about, and I can so appreciate that. So in this episode, we just have a really fun conversation about how she got where she is, what she's doing now, being the COO of the Popcast Media Group, plus all these other things that she's doing on the side, which are super impactful and amazing. I hope you go check out her other resources that she has available. And if nothing else, follow her on Instagram because she's hilarious. But all in all, it was just a super fun episode for me to get to record. I actually fangirled more over her than maybe any other guest, which is so unlike me, but she's someone I've really wanted to have on the show for a while. I find her a force to be reckoned with, and she was completely delightful in our interview. But hey, I am just going to slip it in there that if you want to get these episodes in the future without the ads and this ridiculous intro that I'm droning on about, then you should go over to Patreon where you can get all these episodes ad-free. Plus, we're doing that morning show with the Patreon ladies, which a lot of you have been enjoying on Instagram, but through the month of October, it will just be for the Patreon group again. So if you want to be able to be a part of that and have that as a part of your mornings, you're going to want to head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. You only have to be a $3 member to be able to get in on all that goodness. I mean, that's less than one cup of coffee at Starbucks. So I would love to see you there and be able to connect more with you. And of course, find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. But let's get into this episode with Erin because... It's one of my favorites. Welcome, Erin. Hello, Mackenzie. 
I am so excited to have you on the show today. I mean, I already kind of like fangirled, which people who listen to my show know like, I don't, I don't do that. I'm like kind of anti fangirly, but I, for some reason, apparently just can't help myself with you. Well, I'm so excited to be here and to be, and to be fangirled over. It's such an exciting, (laughs) (laughs) never happens to me. (laughs) Well, I just think that what you are putting out there into the world is so cutting edge. I mean, honestly, I feel like you've taken a lot of these ideas that we have about like blogging or newsletters or podcasting, and you're doing it in a fresh new way that I think is so interesting. And you put out really intriguing content that, I mean, even just your Insta stories are so well crafted. I'm so excited to talk with you about them. Well, I'm so excited. You know, my parents are just thrilled that I'm using that theater degree in any kind of way. Yes. Well, I was headed towards a theater degree. I grew up doing theater. And then my other job is I'm a voiceover actor. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. So so I know it's super fun. So that was another thing like, oh, I get, I think I get this girl. I really want to have her on on that same wavelength. Okay. So if you were previously in theater, what was your favorite role? Because I feel like that's going to say, that's going to tell me a lot about you. Oh, okay. It's, it might be a tie between. Okay. Well, if we're talking musical theater, then obviously, yeah. yeah. Well, I did, I did what I know. (laughs) We did one uh, straight Holocaust show, which that's tough. That's a tough one to say was your favorite. I know, but it was such an amazing, like growing experience. And I really had to like carry the entire show and do the accent and like meet survivors. And oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. So that was just like an amazing all around experience. But I would say it's either Sarah from Guys and Dolls or Evita. So clutch. Those are such good roles. Mine yeah, are not so as, mine is not as ex- like as prestigious as yours. Oh, God. I was just going to say Rizzo. Rizzo from Greece. Oh, well, that's, that's amazing. Totally that is so fun. And I can so see you as Rizzo. Like that would be fabulous. Yes. I was a very good, naughty high school girl. Yes. In, in the musical. So that's so funny. I love that. Yeah. I, I almost played Sandy. This is so, this is so three of me to say, I almost played Sandy in our high school production, but I couldn't take the role because I was filming a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I love that. That's such a good, that's such a great flex to be like, well, yeah, I'd love to take the role here, but uh, I'm I'm in a movie. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be traveling. (laughs) I respect it. I respect it a lot. Thank you. So most people probably know you from being, you're the COO, right? Of the podcast media group. Okay. That's right. So most people are probably familiar with you from that, but I've mentioned you have a hilarious Instagram feed. You are a Bible scholar and developer of Bible studies and devotions. You have a very varied amount of things that you do, which I can't wait to talk with you about, but would you just go ahead and introduce yourself for people who are like Aaron who? Erin, what? What are you again? Yeah. So my name is Erin Moon. I live in Birmingham, Alabama by way of the Texas Panhandle. Um, I am the COO of the Podcast Media Group, and I'm also the resident Bible scholar on the Bible Bench uh, podcast. And I am a Bible studies writer and editor. Um, I do freelance with that and um, just kind of help I write Bible studies and I help other people make their Bible studies better. So um, that's kind of what I do. Uh, I'm a I'm a mom. I'm a wife. 
I am, I really love uh, cookies. Like I feel very passionately about cookies. <laughs> and I want fall. And fall. I want to make sure that people like know how to make a good cookie in their home. That's just really important to me. Okay. That's something I'm passionate about. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love your niche passions. I, you yeah. A fabulous rant about the Chick-fil-A drive-through line. I just want, I just want people to, to live their best life and you're not living your best life if you're not merging at the merge point. That's just all there is to that. Yes. Yes. And, and so many other wonderful, like I, I really enjoy your Instagram feed because I feel like it's this balance of like hilarity and then like freedom to live the way you just need to live. And also like you bring it on some things <laughs> that I really appreciate. It's like, I'm like, like gaining capital with people so I can just smack them around. Yes. <laughs> and you do a dang good job of it. It's, it's really quite impressive how you, you wield that sword. That's hilarious. So, nice, nice work. So as you've mentioned, you started out with a musical theater degree. <laughs> Right. Well, just a, theater, like a theater. traditional theater degree. Okay. I was not, I uh, did not have quite uh, enough musical talent to go straight <laughs> to theater, sadly. Okay. But, but theater degree nonetheless is, yes. that, that's a move right it there. Is, it's a, like, it's a very like bold choice. You, yes. you, it's not like a wavering thing. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe, no, you got to like do it. And yeah. then you have to live with that mistake for the rest of your life. Yes. It was one that my mom hardcore talked me out of. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds, I think my parents were like, yeah, if you want to make that, that mistake, you're welcome to. Yeah. We're if happy you to never fund. want to make any money from the degree, <laughs> which we are helping you pay for, <laughs> then be sure to get that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you started out there. What, what was the next step career wise for you? Yeah. So I, um, I went to a Christian summer camp all throughout junior high and high school, the same Christian summer camp. I loved it. Um, it was like a very formative place for me and they were very into production. Um, so like worship production. So, you know, there were, there were sketches and there were spoken words and they had these like really clever videos and, um, it was so impactful to me. And I, kind of realized through, you know, going to that camp every year and then, as a senior, I would like volunteer at the camp. Like you could go volunteer and kind of help the staff. And I was like, these people are so creative. They are making, like they're having a good time and making art mm-hmm. like for worship. And I thought, well, that is interesting. I'm interested in that. So I weaseled my way in to working with them. (laughs) I auditioned to be a part of the staff and uh, I did that for three summers. Then I moved to Birmingham and worked on their conference tour um, as an actor and a writer. And uh, when I moved to Birmingham, I sat under a professor at the university that I was at that um, he was was at one time a staff writer on Star Trek, The Next Generation, which was the height of celebrity to me. So, but I learned so much from him about script writing and just writing in general. And that was a really fun experience. And it kind of helped me start writing scripts for the company that I was working for. And they hired me on as an intern and then they hired me on as a part-time employee. And then they hired me on as a full-time employee. And then before I knew it, I was um, like on the, in the leadership of the company and helping to create 
you know, moments and videos and the things that impacted me as a student, I was getting to use to impact other students Mm -hmm. um, as an adult. That was really cool. And then um, that company started doing a Bible study curriculum. And because of the DNA of of that place, creative elements were really important. So they had on every lesson, on every study, they had a creative team and I got to help on that team. And then that sort of led to me writing Bible studies, which I had no idea what I was doing, except for I had a really, really, really great kind of group of older guys who were above me in the company. And they, they made it a priority. I don't know why, but they made it a priority to help me to like get my feet wet, to tutor me, to, to help me be good at this thing that I was kind of thrown into. So that was really, really, um, really formative for me. Wow. And then by, and then I was just writing Bible studies, like some lay person without a degree and making lots of people real nervous about it. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Well, first of all, I just have to back up a second because not the same camp, but I went to a camp for seven years, all leading up to going to college. And it was that same sort of like, oh my goodness, this is so formative for me. Yeah, It was yeah. musical theater camp, of course. But, oh my gosh, you know, what a dream. What a yeah, dream. It just was like, oh, I found my people. Like, this is what this is like to just like be around other people who get it. And it sounds like what you were a part of was like that same sort of thing, only it had that faith element in there too. It really did. And it was, it was so great to see um, men and women who were young and they were making, they were just creating things Yeah, and they were doing it, you know, with, with a Jesus lens on. And I adored that. And we would look back on some of that and we'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's so corny. But it, yeah. it wasn't like, it really genuinely wasn't. It was very, it was very important to yeah. like the building blocks of my faith. Some of that. So I love that. That yeah. is so interesting and how amazing how, God used those things to like pull all like your love of theater and everything all together into one is is pretty incredible. Oh, it's crazy. I just I can't believe that it happened that way. Ladies, do you ever buy something online and then find out you could have gotten it for less? It's worse than publishing a story to Instagram and then realizing after, say, I don't know, 700 people have watched it, that your kid was doing something really embarrassing in the background. Not that that's ever happened to me. But back to the case in point. Once you've lost that money, you feel like you could be overpaying every time you shop. Luckily, there is Honey, the free browser extension that saves you time and money when shopping online. Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts. Then like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. It knows about every coupon code, sale, or discount at over 20,000 sites like Amazon, Macy's, J. Crew, Domino's, Sephora, <laughs> that's my favorite, Target, and more. Just shop like normal and Honey finds you savings. And believe me, it feels amazing. Like being a three on the Enneagram and getting your picture in your kid's yearbook for being one of the best dressed at the 80s dance. I mean, it's like that amazing. I recently used Honey on some Amazon purchases I needed to make. Like my favorite Australian gold sunscreen that's a tinted face mineral lotion. And I saved 25 cents off that. I saved 10% on the blue light blocking glasses that I was buying. I saved a dollar on the nightlight for my kid's bathroom. And that was just getting started. Almost everything in my cart had a discount on it, which adds up quickly. 
I was shocked when I saw how many things Honey found discounts for, and I know it's only going to get better as I start shopping for Christmas and so many other things. This could be a lifesaver for me this year. Honey has found its 10 million users over a billion dollars in savings. So listen, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and installs on your computer in just two clicks. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash lovely. That's joinhoney.com slash lovely. It's going to pay off, so install it today. So you did that. You worked with that company for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then what happened from there? So then I left and, excuse me, I left and I went to um, another, a small publishing company that was about to launch events. And I was a creative director there. um, And it was doing a lot of the same things that I had been doing, but it was even more working. I was creating side by side with, with the publisher there, uh, Bible studies for each event that we were doing. And so that's when I really kind of got that baptism by fire. That was when it was like, here's how, you know, here's how you write a Bible study and here's how you research it. And it was so, what I love about that and what I, what I think is, is so difficult to understand if you don't do it is that the Bible is ours, like it's for the people. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when we leave the interpretation of scripture and when we leave the translation of scripture up to academics or people with a million degrees, like that's fine. And they obviously know a lot and I'm not trying to disparage them, but the, the Bible belongs to the people. And so I, what I kind of hope that my story will do for people is they'll go like, okay, like this is not (laughs) literally if, if I can do it, anyone could do it. So it's just like, it is so important for us to look for answers ourselves and not to not not to not trust the people who have been placed like on you know the translation board of the sure. ESV like sure. they're there for a reason but yeah. to look back and say oh that's interesting like that translation could have gone with this word or this word and what mm-hmm. does that change about what that's verse me you know that type yeah. of thing so i really hope that i really hope that people will kind of look at the way God has kind of taken me through this journey and say, okay, well, if she can do it, then the Bible is not, it's not meant to intimidate. It's meant yeah. to invite you in. And I think we put a, we put a fence around it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just over here like, come on, I, I pulled up the barbed wire for you. Come on. You can, you can yeah. scuttle under and we're all going to get in here. Yeah. I, so. I love that because I mean, first of all, I think we all tend to, if we're just leaving it up to, you know, the scholarly minds, which like you said, are, are we're not disparaging that, but no. some of that stuff, we, we end up seeing the Bible just through more a lens of tradition, like how these verses are traditionally being held instead of, well, what did it actually say? And we can all do that, especially with the amount of resources that we have available to us now. Exactly. And I mean, these like scripture, they were written, like the writers of scripture weren't always the most learned people or these stories are not about the most, you know, academic people in Israel at the time, you know, they were commoners, they were fishermen, they were shepherds. And so I just never want us to lose sight of that and think, well, I can't really dive into that because that's not, I'm not that smart or I don't have the background necessary you're a person, you have the background necessary. Mm-hmm. And often, I mean, it's even biblical that often the people who are the least qualified are oh, yeah, the ones absolutely. that God is going to use. <laughs> that is that really shows. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> yes. I love that. Cause then, then it's so obvious, like this had to be God because there's no earthly reason that yeah. things happen. And it's one of the reasons that I really have enjoyed the Bible binge. Oh, I gotta good. admit, so I was a little like leery at first. You know, that is most everyone's Bible binge origin story. Yeah. They were very nervous and they were yeah. like, what's going on? And then we win them over. <laughs> yes. I mean, truly I, I came in like, Oh, I don't know. Is this going to be like super irreverent or, you know, and I have found the exact opposite oh, to be good. true. Like it's, it feels, I mean, yes, you guys are like casting the characters and like all of that kind of thing, but it feels so well-researched and well-founded in like good good thought about what the words are actually saying. And honestly, some of those characterizations of who these Bible characters are feel so spot on. I mean, when you guys said Zach Efron for Joseph, I, I nearly came out of my chair. Listen, I was so excited because I was listening to them record that. And I was like, thank you, Lord, <laughs> for giving Zach Efron a good role. Yes. Finally. Like, let's get him in this on the Bible series. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, and it was just so perfect. I mean, it was just really just spot on. I've been so impressed with the cast, most oh, of the casting so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going to blanket and just say like, I agree with everything. You got to be, okay. you know, you can have your own opinions yeah. for sure. <laughs> and, and, and you guys allow for that. I feel that's part of the fun of your media group is allowing for differences of opinion. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I just, I, I was not expecting it. And now I, I truly like, I feel like, well, that's my Bible study for the day. Like, <laughs> listen. Let me caution I'm, you against yeah, that. I know, <laughs> no, I know that. But, but it does make me like, it makes me think differently about some things or like have more background than I expected to be getting from yeah. that podcast. And so it's, it's really, it's been a fun time, especially for a time in my faith that not that I, I should have, I should have given you my pre-warning that I give to everyone before I interview them. So here it is. Here you go. I'm like, I'm two years, <laughs> I'm two years into a very difficult divorce process from a narcissistic abuser. Oh my so gosh. yeah, like fled two years ago, grabbed what we could grab. We've never like stepped foot back into the house or anything. Oh my goodness. I'm so, so sorry. Yeah. So that's like the perspective that I have been dealing with faith from like wrestling over, are you going to save my children? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like those kinds of questions with God for the past two years. And honestly, like not that the Bible binge is the only thing I'm accessing for my faith because that is not the case, <laughs> but it has been this point of being able to like say, okay, when I just, I don't feel like I can just crack open my Bible right now mm -hmm. and feel taken care of. I can listen to the Bible binge and feel like, I, I'm still, I'm still ruminating on what God has done in people's lives. And that yeah. has been really helpful to me. You know, we get, we get a lot of feedback that is similar to that. And it's, you know, I have been hurt by the church or I have been hurt by, you know, evangelicals, or I, I can't, I can't reconcile what's happening politically with my belief system, you know, mm -hmm. all of these types of things. And so we get a lot of this feedback that's like, this is, this feels like a, a, a safe place for me right now. And I, I think that's kind of our whole, if we have an agenda, our whole agenda is like to, you know, let truth 
walk through a door that humor has opened. And so we, that's really important to us. And we, we want it to be a safe place. And, you know, we, we get into, I wouldn't say fights, but just really great discussions with people who um, have never, and we do, we do this in the office before we record all the time. It's like, when I reread this story, like through a lens, a different lens, like an older lens, not like a flannel board lens that I've been, you know, growing up in the church, it's different than what I thought it was. And, you know, or, you know, looking at the, you know, we did like a biography season about David and that was Mm -hmm. really genuinely difficult because spoiler alert, David was not a great dude sometimes. And, you you know, and it was so it was so um, unsettling and it was, it was difficult to reconcile the things that I had been taught about David with what I was currently reading. And so I think when we, we get a lot of pushback and discussion, but almost always it's, it's a funny little community because almost always the end of the discussion is, you know, I don't super know if I 100% agree with you, but I do see that you're making a really good point here. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about this. And that's something that I feel like has been completely lost in our current like cultural communication with each other. And so it it is just a very interesting place. It's a very interesting community. And I'm, I'm genuinely so grateful that the Lord has used it in that way for you that is very meaningful to me. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I mean, it just makes me think about a lot of, I mean, like you were saying with the cultural conversations, Mm -hmm. like we're so divided on so many things that we're not even willing to enter into conversation with people at this point. It's just, everything comes from this place of judgment. You know, I follow people on Instagram, for instance, that I don't agree with everything they say, but I, I go in knowing that. That like, yeah. if they po- post something about being in support of something that I am not necessarily in support of, I'm not going to message them and be like, I can't even watch you anymore because you support this thing. And that is awful. Well, no, I went in knowing that <laughs> that's <laughs> not that their fault already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, uh, yeah, I just appreciate that about what you guys are doing and, and I appreciate having, being able to get that different perspective that I can, I think comes from maturity and growing up. And like you were saying, looking back on something that maybe you haven't tried to look back on for a long time, just kind of taking for granted that, you know, David's story, but then like actually taking that, that more nuanced look of it at a later time in your life. I have a really terrible example of this. Ready for it. Okay. So I fell in love with Notting Hill when it came out in 1998. Didn't we all? Yes. We could, all of us were, no one is immune to the charms of, no. of uh, Hugh Grant. And I, I still have, like, I don't know if you've watched the new Four Weddings and a Funeral. I have not. Okay. Well, I caution you. It's pretty terrible. But <laughs> Mindy, God, I just want you to do good things. Why I know. It was, it was like, things. yeah. And they, you know, the walk that Hugh Grant takes down Notting Hill Lane yes, and it like yes. goes through all the seasons and they play she you know mm-hmm. and it's yeah, perfect it's perfect they recreate the entire thing in four weddings and a funeral and I was so like disturbed to my core <laughs> about this like you can't just do that it was a totally different Hugh Grant movie and like this is not why why would you do that yeah but but that, that point aside, 
I went back and watched Notting Hill last year after not having seen it for a few years. And I was so taken aback by like, oh, Julia Roberts' character is not a very good person. No. Like, I, why did I not like fully recognize this when I was, you know, however old I was when it came out, junior high? You know, right. Why didn't I like, now I'm seeing her and I'm just like, oh, she just really put him through the ringer. That was terrible of her. But I, I totally didn't see it when I was just, you know, starry eyed and 13. Oh, yeah. Well, and you go, and that is so, that's so scary. Not the, not yeah. the whole thing, but like, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like you yeah. go, this thing that I have assumably like built my life on, yeah. like these truths and taking that step out on the glass ceiling and mm-hmm. going, I don't know if this is going to hold. I don't know if this is going to hold. And, and just keeping, just continuing to walk and going, this is different than what I was told, but I still I'm still holding my faith. Like I can hold both of those things in each hand is, is so terrifying and uh, it's so scary. And so I want to like, I want to give everyone who's going through that just like a gigantic hug. And, you know, I want to go like, it's okay. Like it's, it is okay. The Holy spirit is with you in your doubts and in your faith. And those things are not mutually exclusive, you know, like the opposite of, faith is not doubt it's apathy yeah. and so it's it's so important to continue in those questions and to find out what is true and what holds in yes. the universe like in general like spiritually mhm and it really when you start questioning those things or you know wrestling with god over them it really ends up helping you to clarify what is the crux of our faith and when it comes down to it it's that jesus died and saved me. Yes. Like all the other nuances aside, if I can still come back to that and believe in that, then I can keep wrestling through all the rest of it because that is that is what matters. Yeah. Like it's so we do these on the Bible Bench Patreon, we do these uh questions that need answers and I'll take mm-hmm. like a like a hot button question that uh our Patreons have or and and I'll I'll try to answer it. And, you know, it's like, was the flood global or localized? Or, you know, what's up with the giant human race at the beginning of Genesis? You know, like whatever. And so, um, but at the end of all of these questions, it's been so interesting. And something I've just kept saying is like, this is not a creed level issue. Like we can, we can talk about like the surrounding stuff is fun to talk about and but nobody's not getting into heaven. Nobody's yeah. nobody's barred from communion with the with Jesus and the Holy Spirit if they don't believe that the flood was local. So yeah. um yeah, I think I think it's important to wrestle with those key issues and to, to truly figure out what you believe. And there's no like it's not too late. It's never too late to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Ladies, you know I'm big on skincare, and you know that one of my very favorite brands is BioClarity. I love it because it's clean and green skincare that has products that just work. Their routines were made to help keep your skin looking young, healthy, and fresh using only natural and gentle ingredients. Now let me tell you a little bit about these routines because they come with everything you need to keep your skin looking and feeling amazing. Now they have two different routines, the clear skin routine or the essentials routine. I have my 13-year-old son using the 
clear skin routine, but a lot of times when I have little problem areas, I use pieces of it as well. I love having him use it because it's simple and straightforward. He knows exactly what he needs to do and it helps him maintain his teenage skin. But I regularly grab his salicylic acid to use on little spot treatment things, and I all the time use Floralux which is made from chlorophyll from plants. It's a special ingredient that helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evening out skin tone and texture. I have seen such a difference in the texture and redness of my skin since starting using it that it's a part of my daily routine morning and evening. And you can only find Floralux in BioClarity. BioClarity really has everything you need to get clear, glowing skin. Both routines consist of a simple three-step regimen, and they're packed full of detoxifying ingredients. Plus, their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free, and they come with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. So get healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. And right now, for my listeners, you will save 40% on skincare routines, plus an additional 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal. I really recommend their clarifying mask. I use it myself, and I use it on my boys, and it is so amazing. But you need to enter my code LOVELY at checkout to get that discount. So go to bioclarity.com and get 40% off skincare routines plus an additional 15% off everything on their website when you use my code lovely at checkout. So obviously we've kind of jumped to there. You're doing this with the podcast. How did you get there? So I met uh, Jamie Golden, um, and on Twitter and someone retweeted something I said into her feed and she was like, Oh, that's funny. I like that. I'm gonna go. (laughs) And I, and I think I was already following her, um, because I thought she was really funny and we met and we went, uh, to coffee and we just really hit it off. And then I actually, my family and I moved to Nashville for eight months in a sad, sad uh side road to our our uh, lives and then we moved back to Birmingham but in that in between um I actually had a podcast with Jamie called the Golden Moon Buffet and then I had a baby I have a random baby from Tennessee and uh it I was like I I literally cannot do this and so um we quit and that was about the time that uh once Knox ended his other podcast. And so they just hooked up. And then when they decided that they were going to do, um, live events, I texted both of them and said, Hey, I know you don't know anything about like production for live events. That happens to be my job. I would love to help you. And I did. And they paid me with a bottle of very nice tequila and, (laughs) um, which it was a great, a great payment, uh, structure. And then, um, I just kind of started gradually doing more for them. And I, I had a skill set in production and video that they didn't necessarily have and didn't really have time to learn. They were really busy growing and working to grow an incredible podcast. And so it just worked out. And then last year I came on full time with them and we have um, one staff member with us, Christiana with two eyes. And, uh, then we started the Bible binge and, um, it made sense for, we had a, the first season we had a, um, a different structure with the resident Bible scholar. She would just write her, um, her rebukes and then Knox and Jamie would read them. And then we decided, she decided she wasn't able to continue with the commitment. It was just too much of a time, uh, thing for her. So it made sense because I was a Bible studies writer and editor to come in and do it. And we, that's what we've been doing ever since. Yeah. And I, I, I think that was a smart move and it works 
Well, and this is kind of, I'm curious about this question with you because you do a lot of behind the scenes things with them, though you do have some things that come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. As an Enneagram three, how do you like handle being more of a behind the scenes person? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, there are parts of my brain that I work in my job at the podcast that I love working. Sometimes I just want to sit down and I just want to work on a spreadsheet for like four hours and I can do that. And there are other aspects of the podcast where, or the Bible bench or just general working that I really feed off of not being the center of attention. I know that's crazy, but I really do enjoy it. And I have long learned that my job, the job that pays my health insurance, the job that pays like the keeps the lights on at my house is not my personal conduit for creative freedom. Mm. And so I'm always very careful to have other outlets, Yeah, um, my own, myself. And I'm really, it's been a huge, that's been a huge blessing for me Yeah, to be able to do that, to be able, and even if that's just like, I'm journaling for, you know, at yeah. night or whatever, but I know that that's, that's, that was a lesson I had to learn when I was young. And it's, it's been the most helpful thing for my Enneagram three brain to say, this is not that place. This is the place where you earn your paycheck. And so I like that. I like the pressure being off and not having to perform so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure is on in a totally different way, but just not in a performative manner. I don't know if that makes any sense. No. Yeah, it totally does. And I, I totally get where you're coming from with that because there are those, those times where I like to have a lot of variation in mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And really as a three, like a, being a voiceover actor, you're not getting a lot of recognition right. <laughs> for that. You know? Nobody, you know, you get the random one-off message on Instagram where somebody's like, did I just hear a Dollywood commercial with your That's voice? So and funny. you're like, yeah, you did. But that in, in general, you're not getting a lot of, you know, Right. For having taught dentists how to input, you know, whatever into their system. That's right. But that's so important. Yeah. I have to know that. Yeah. And it still gives, I'm allowed to be like, it's still a creative outlet for me because I get to do the acting and the things that I put years and years and years Mm -hmm. honing. Yeah. You know, it just may not be in that, that forefront kind of way. Yeah. We do see you being able to, you know, you have an amazing newsletter, the swipe up so much. You put out a Lent study you're putting out. Well, I think when this comes out yesterday, you will release your new devotion, which I really feel like you're doing such an amazing job of utilizing all these different types of media to allow people to access it, which I want to jump into in a second here. But now that you, you give me all this background, like it makes so much sense why you're doing such a good job (laughs) of producing these, because this is like the culmination of all these things that you had learned all these skills for so long. Yeah. And you know, when you're learning those skills, you're like, oh, when am I, uh, how am I ever going to use this one random thing or like learn how to cut the noise out of audio or whatever it is. It's all very specific, but I have, 
I just kind of, as I've gone through my Zelda journey, I've been picking up, you know, the stones and the little tools that you need and I'm putting them in my bag and you never know when you're going to use them. So, and you know, I, I, as a three, yes, I am performative and I am, I do, you know, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I really like being a center of attention, but also I just like to excel in general. And so if I'm doing that, even if that is behind closed doors, I mean, I'm sure you know this, like, like when you get an email from a client, that's like, you know, this voiceover was superb. And, you know, that's really all the recognition that I need. I just want to know that I'm doing a great job. So um, it doesn't matter if it's behind the scenes or on the stage. It's, it's all the same to me. That's a great point. I think that's really good. Um, So you're coming out with this new study or devotion. Yes. You just like, I loved your Lent stuff that you put out. I don't even feel like I'm using the right language for it. That's it, was, it. That's it. Lent stuff is good. I like that. That's yes, good. Lent stuff, but it was, it was so varied. Like you could listen to it. You could read it. You could, I mean, tell us about what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, yesterday, I, if the date is right, um, yes. <laughs> I released a 10 day devotional study called the comfortable words. And this is based on a part of the Anglican liturgy liturgy um, that Thomas Cramner created when he wrote the Book of Common Prayer in like 1548 or whatever. And um, these were four verses that he inserted after uh, the confession in the liturgy, in the order of service that were meant not to, not in the modern sense to make us comfortable. Like, you know, and when we think about being comfortable, it's like, oh, I want to sit in my you know, lazy boy and eat, you know, chocolate and and watch Netflix. But this was like to comfort people in like deep sorrow and great distress and to comfort them in knowing that Christ loved them and forgave them and offered them absolution. And so I took Thomas Cramner's, um, four verses and I added six more that have brought me personal comfort in my own life. And then it's just a day by day going through those, those verses. And they are, I don't, I mean, I love theology. I love the study of God. The problem with theology is that the study of God is no replacement for the presence of God. Mm. And it's complete. Theology is completely worthless in the face of grief. Like when you really look at, you can know all of the things Mm -hmm. about God, but when the rubber hits the road and you're grieving, you can't use hermeneutics for that. So, um, I, I, what I love about these verses and repeating, and we have our, our priest says them over us after we do our time of, uh, confession in the order of service is that it's just this washing over of, of, of comfort and just general, like love that I, I just, I feel so connected with. And like, you know, grief was never shushed in scripture. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus was angry. Pain was never told to just get over it. You know, the, one of the largest books of the Bible is a diary of a depressed doubter. And like, you know, when, when, when he was alone in the desert, Jesus spoke scripture to himself. And so what I want to do is I want to, you know, scripture gets this like kind of reputation as being empty in the face of deep heartbreak or profound doubt. And I I do think there is a lot of validity for those who use scripture as like a drive-by to make themselves feel better in the face of someone else. Like, you know, she's in a better place. Well, yeah, that may be true, but can we acknowledge that this also sucks? Yeah. um, I, what I really wanted to do was, was take those verses and hold them up to the light and see if 
if, if they hold kind of that same image of like walking out on the glass ceiling or on like an iced over lake, we have to test these words to see if they are as powerful as they've claimed to be, or if they're just not. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that is what we're doing in the comfortable words devotional. And you can, there's, I like, I'm a very, uh, audio learner Mm -hmm. and I know that some people, they like to print a PDF out and they like to get it bound and they like to write in it. And, you know, some people like to have their devotionals emailed to them, or, you know, you can get it into your podcast feed. There's lots of different ways you can use this devotional, but the hope is that, um, when feelings or pain or suffering threatens to overwhelm, like I just keep remembering the words of Simon Peter, like, where else can I go? Mm-hmm. Like there's nowhere else for me to go. So I'm going to go here and I need you to comfort me. And so that's kind of what the, the whole thing is about. I love it. I love it how accessible you've made it to people. It's like, if you want these words, there is some way that you're going to be able to get them, whatever your learning style. Yes. And like, I coached a lot of like baby boomers in like how to download and print a PDF. And I'm like happy to walk through that process with you. I did that in the link guide. And I was like, this is great. Like they, and they were like, I've never done this before. And it was so much fun that they like, we could figure it out together. And so I think there's just so many, and we're all so strapped for time. And yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's, I think it's why like podcasting has taken over, over blogging, you know, it's like, People just need to be able to access it in the the easiest form where they're able to multitask and all that sort of thing. And and not that we should be, you know, multitasking while we're doing our our quiet time or, you know, but but sometimes it's like something is better than nothing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, and I personally, I I mean, I didn't even know what this was about, but hearing what this, um, this devotional is about, it's going to be literally leading up to the two weeks of my trial for my divorce. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so like, and I just found out we were going to trial yesterday. Oh, so yeah, this is like really poignant timing for me where I, I know I'm going to be needing, needing to access like those, those comfort things, like exactly what you said. Sometimes you just need that presence of yeah. God. Because at the end of the day, I don't think that these are just words. Like they're almost like a medical advance team and they're sent to do like the prep work of the great physician. And like, that's that healing of the brokenhearted and the binding up of their wounds. Like we, I think we just give, it's so easy to write that off. But if we really look at them and we really, we go, okay, this is a, this word is living and active. And Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Is am I, am I going to jump in and see if it really means something to me? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even just when I was sitting, we had a hearing at the time of this recording yesterday Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there and usually I get, you know, it's, it's kind of like going through abuse again when you hear like all these lies being thrown out about you. Um, but as I was sitting there, I just like, I, I, there are very few times in my life where I can say, I feel like I had the peace that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. But like I, even friends after the hearing to me were like, are you okay? Like, are you in shock or like uh-huh. what is happening here? Because you are so chill right now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I think God has just made me really calm because he knows like I would totally break under it. That was one of the few times sitting there where I just chose in the hearing to just pray. But like I was telling a friend of mine, it wasn't like, dear Jesus, please do these specific things. And like, it was literally just Jesus, 
Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. like, yes. are you here? I need you to be here. Like, just like, yeah. These are the powerful prayers. Like, those are the prayers where the Holy Spirit does the work to intercede and tell the Father what we need. And it's like, all I can do right now is say your name and like, yeah, be still and know that I am God or, you know, whatever, or be yeah. near to me. And yeah. that is what, like, those are like we do in the devotional. There's a daily meditation and it's just like a sentence, but that has been some of the most profound um, moments for me as I've kind of re- I haven't like deconstructed my faith or anything as cool as that, but like just in that moment of like trying to figure out and work through what I believe based on what I grew up believing, is that different? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. What does my personal like relationship look like? Those are the powerful prayers that I go. I know something else is at work telling the father what I need. Yeah, absolutely. They, they're more transformative than they look from the outside, but they look so simple. Yeah. And oftentimes it's when we get out of the way of like (laughs) the specific orders of God, I really need you to do this, this, and that. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm, you got to roll with this because I don't see any way out, you know? Yeah. 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 It's intense. But I just, I love that you're putting this out there. I think it's a great format. I'm really excited to access it myself and other people to be able to access it too. I, I hope that you continue to come out with these because I think they're pretty amazing. Oh, that's really kind. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay, ladies, I want to talk about a couple of things here. We all want our kids to be good readers, right? We want to help them improve their reading however we can, but we sometimes don't know where to start. And also, for a lot of us, our kids are spending a lot of time on tablets. So why not maximize that time that they are using on a tablet anyway, get them into an app that is going to help them with their reading, and it's proven to do so. And I've got the app for you guys for that. We love it. It is called Homer. Homer Reading is the proven learn-to-read program powered by your child's passions, and this is what makes it so different, you guys. Homer Reading combines your child's passions and current reading level to create a personalized learn-to-read plan. Designed for kids ages 2 to 8, it offers thousands of lessons on phonics, sight words, ABCs, and more, and grows with your child. And it works! Just 15 minutes a day of Homer reading was shown to increase early reading scores by 70. Plus, your Homer membership not only allows you to have up to four customizable profiles, you can have four kids with their own individual interests targeted on the app, but it includes two apps, Homer Stories, a love-to-read library of interactive stories, and Homer Reading, the proven learn-to-read program. I've been so impressed with this program, especially with my four-year-old Eliana. She loves to do it. She has this hunger for learning right now, and it doesn't squelch that learning. It doesn't make her feel like it's too hard or it's frustrating. She absolutely loves it, and she especially loves how targeted it is to her because she remembers when she first got into the app and she got to pick out all the things that she was most interested in, and the lessons are then targeted around those things. Plus, it really is a program that actually teaches children to read step-by-step. It's not just for practice. I've seen so many leaps and bounds with her growth this year and how she's being able to figure things out in day-to-day life. She's pointing out letters. She's starting to point out words. And I think that is largely because of the time that she has spent with Homer. So if you want to give this app a try and see how it works with your family, visit learnwithhomer.com lovely to start a free 30-day trial. Give it a whirl. See how it works with your family. I think you are going to be so happy with it. So visit learnwithhomer.com lovely to start that 30-day free trial today. Okay, before we finish, I just have to, 
go in a completely different direction. <laughs> let's, let's take that yeah. hard turn. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Because I had no idea who your husband was before a few weeks ago when <laughs> you mentioned he was going to Dragon Con. Uh-huh. And so you were pretty clear about the fact that you do not attend this event with him and that he puts a lot of effort into it. And then I went over and watched him and was completely mesmerized <laughs> like the entire time he was at Dragon Con. It was just really something with the costumes and the that is the effort. best way to describe and, it really something yes and and now i mean his now seeing his personality and having watched your personality and i can see how you guys mesh but i love that you just like are comfortable riding in your own circles like you you have your separate things and that's okay yes yes we are very independent i th you know like <laughs> uh we we, our Venn diagram does not cross over very much. In fact, the other night I was telling him about this new thing that I'm really enjoying right now is to watch these fine art restoration videos. Oh, on I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and they are unbelievably soothing. And I was, he was like, we'll put one on. I just want to see. And then like, we, we like sat in bed fully clothed for, I think like two and a half hours and just watched. He's like, just one more, just one more. And I was like, look, our Venn diagram is crossing over. It's so exciting. Um, so, you know, he is, I've said this since I was friends with him and he was 19 and I was 20. Like there is no one like Ben Moon. He is an original. He is, um, he is one of the nerdiest people I know. Um, he happens to be very attractive. So people are like, what is going on here why <laughs> you're like a, a hot he was in a calendar for hot nerds oh my goodness um, yeah so he is just a really different human um yeah. he is was also he was also an actor um he is what i mean he is he is such an incredible dad like the like my kids have no idea how oh just like how great it is to have a dad who can do all these weird voices and make all these great costumes oh yeah i was going to say just that alone and, is oh yeah remarkable yeah. so he's a lot of fun and we we are i mean we just we have very different you know we respect each other's free time we respect each other's hobbies and like this week I, and he is so good for me and i feel like i'm so good for him because he's a nine mm -hmm. and so he can he can get you know not he's not a lazy person so but you know just that like i want to relax and i want to and that is so good for me yeah. that's so good for me to have that to look for and he is never intimidated by any success that I have or mm -hmm. anything like that. He's just so, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. And, you know, sometimes I help him like, you know, encourage him to go get the lawn mode, you know, yeah. just like we can do it. Let's do it together. So we have a good time. We have a good time. I love that because I think that there's a lot of couples who struggle like, oh, we're supposed to spend all our free time together and do all the things together. But there can be something really healthy about having your own stuff and then meeting in that Venn diagram piece. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's different for everybody. I think yeah. some people work really well together, you know, spending a week. We could never work together. We, you know, he works from home. And so when I was working from home, I was like, this is not going to work because he, yeah. 
wants to talk and hang out. And he's like, do you want me to get you a snack? Like, let's have a snack. Let's talk about stuff. And I am like, no, this is work time. What are you doing? Why are you yeah. talking to me? So, um, but I think it, it works for us. And so we've, we've just kind of gotten into a rhythm of it and it's a, it's a good, it's a good arrangement. It, well, it seems like it from the outside looking in and well, I, and let me tell you, like it hasn't always, let me, let me, <laughs> let me just go back real quick. And let me tell you, it's not always been like this. Like we have had, we have, because that's, that is par for the course for marriage. Nobody, nobody has it easy. It's, yeah. it's hard all the time because marriage is like walking around with the mirror in your face, telling yeah. you that you're like a selfish person and you need, you are the worst and yeah. also that you are loved. So yes. <laughs> complicated. It's a tapestry. Yes, so. it is. Do you think that you guys figuring out your Enneagram numbers has helped? You know, I, I think it's definitely helped me. He, I'm like, I guess he's a nine. He likes to say that he transcends the Enneagram, <laughs> which I feel like that's a little ridiculous, but, um, he, I think it has helped. If anything, it's helped me understand. I think it's helped him understand me. I'm just not great with feelings and expressing myself. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes he's just like, I don't know what you're thinking, but now I kind of do. And I can ask all the right questions and yes. um, it's just, and, and I think for me, it's been helpful to know that more of that interior motive for the reasons why he's doing things yes. um, or making decisions. And so that's really, really helpful. Yeah, I agree. Just like being in court yesterday with my mother <laughs> because <laughs> I'm a three. So the things get stuffed and like leading up oh, to yeah. everything. It was just like, got to do what I got to do. Got to get through this, you know, and my mom is a six. And so it was like, beware of all of the things that could be happening. Yeah. And like getting into it with my lawyer and I'm like, okay, I can, I can learn how to be able to work with you because I know why you're doing yes. this. Yes. Yes. Cause she wants you to be safe and secure. Yes. yes. And she and thinks she's the only sweet. one who can well. foresee. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that about sixes. I like going into my six and getting like real intense about security and safety. I like yes. that. I think it's good. Yeah. There's certain times when it's needed and then yeah. certain times where, cause I, I have like this strange, like my dad's a nine, my mom's a six and I'm a three. Okay. Oh, so y'all are like in the triad. Yeah. We're like every point of that thing, which is a really interesting combination. Yeah. But it's, it's good for understanding each other, especially when we lived together for the first 10 months after I left. Yeah. Like I can imagine. Gonna, yeah. We're going to have to have some understanding. We're going to have a boundaries discussion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, once we all figured out our Enneagram numbers, it was like, oh, this is why I feel like you're crazy, but it's just you like making you, you really believe that nobody else is going to see these, these things yeah. happening. So yeah. Yeah. I well, it's just a handy tool to go. Like, yeah. it's almost like a shorthand. Like I have, it's not like, this is how I define you. It's just exactly. Like, okay, I have like a few things that I understand about you, like very basically. And so I can use that to, and it's, it's helped me as a three. I don't know about you. It's helped me as a three because I'm, the, I'm just like, oh, I feel things, but I can't act on them. And if you feel things, I certainly can't. I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to spread yeah. my hands up and go, I don't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I want to feel for you, but I can't. Yes. So. Yes. Well, and I, yeah, I, I just, I've never been a crier in movies. I've never like, 
I'm just not that person. Like I have to really decide that mm-hmm. I'm going to like plan a time to feel. You got to plan <laughs> that time to access your emotions. Yeah. I understand that. You know, I have like a, like my own little protocol for that because yeah. sometimes I feel it building up. Yes. So I'll watch an episode of Mr. Rogers and then I'll follow <laughs> that with an episode of Queer Eye. And all oh. these tricks. So I'm like, I don't feel sad. I feel happy, but I'm crying. Yes. You got to just like somehow get that relief. You got to get, get your equation right. You gotta yes. Get that equation right. Yes. I, I totally agree. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been so fun talking with it you. It's been so fun. I want to move into like our, our final wrap up. So what does a typical day look like for you? Um, so I um, have recently started meeting with a spiritual director. Oh, it's fun. Been, I've been wanting to do it, that. It's been really great, but she's given me homework, which is fun, I guess, but, um, (laughs) it is good. It's good. But, uh, it's part of it is, um, doing morning prayers and evening prayers. And so I'm getting up, I'm trying to be good and I'm not doing it every day because sometimes I'm tired or Jesus can talk at 10. Is that okay? (laughs) And, um, so he's okay with that. And so, um, it's getting up early. I try to get up early before my kids get up because I like to set the tone of the day. I don't like for them and their grumpiness to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, doing that. And then we're taking kids to school. I'm getting to the office and who knows what we're doing at the office, you know, every day it's, there's, um, recording or maybe we're researching or maybe we're working on a video or maybe we have a meeting. Who knows? We usually order lunch because, we're lazy and we don't like to leave once we're here. And so, uh, and then I go pick up my youngest and the other two are home already. And we just have some family time right now. We're in the sports, you know, the fall sports barrage. We've got, I'm coaching volleyball for some reason. I saw that. I don't really know how that happened. I've never played volleyball in my my life. Um, but we are, we've won two games so far. So we Look feel really good you about go. that. I know. Yes. So I, it's a call you know, I like, realized. Yes. I just, I, I, I researched how to serve <laughs> and how to bump and what are the oh rules of volleyball. So I have a whistle now too. It's very exciting. Um, so we're doing that. And then, um, you know, some nights it may be all of us at dinner together. Some nights it may be one of us is getting Chick-fil-A on the way home, you know, who knows, but, um, it's a little scattered right now, but that's, that's the day. So where do you fit in time to be doing like creating these, you know, devotions and stuff like that? Yeah, that's in the margins, you know, um, after the kids are in bed or I get to work early sometimes and do that. And so just, um, wherever there's time, just little pockets of time. I totally get that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, that's the key. You just got to find those pockets. Yeah. So what is some way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life? That's such a great question. Um, I, I'm, I'm 37, I think I'm either 36 or 37. I can't remember. Um, but (laughs) I should know. I understand that. I think I'm 36. Yes. I'm 36. Okay. Um, and my, I've just noticed like my body is starting to turn on me. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting very creaky. It's getting very sore. And so 
I have decided like the worst thing about diet and exercise is that it does exactly what it claims it will do. It's (laughs) like, why can't a brownie do the same thing for me? Yeah. Brownies are not interested in that. So, um, I'm, I'm doing yoga and doing morning and evening stretches and it is, it is so crazy how much of a difference it makes. Like, I hate that. I hate being the person that's like, it works. Diet. Yeah. Exercise. Oh yeah. We know it's the worst though. Who wants to do that? I know nobody. Well, but I read, well, people who have strong priorities and I salute them, honestly, (laughs) I read burnout earlier this year and it talks about like, completing your stress cycle. And so I'm just really trying to complete my stress cycle so that I don't, it doesn't like live in my body and there you go. Like make me sore and uncomfortable at night. So yeah, yeah, that's really good. And I know that that slow building where it actually is making a difference is so annoying. My 12 year old, like he's 13 now, but last year he started doing 20 pushups a night. You're thinking like, what is that going to do for your little 12 year old body? Dang, after six months, the kid was ripped. It's a big deal. It's a yeah. big deal. Like, seriously, if I'd just been doing 20 push ups with you every night, like, I could have arm muscles. What? No, it's the worst. Yeah. It's like that time is going to pass anyway. So, yeah. you might as well invest in it. Right. And especially when I filmed him, he wanted it on Instagram and he did it in less than a minute. And then I was like, Oh man. Oh, I got to do this now. (laughs) It really sucks. Oh man. That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So some way that I am currently cultivating loveliness in my life is I have to read just, I mean, and I should be joyful about it, but there's a lot of nonfiction coming my way for the podcast as everyone is well aware. And I really do my best to like get as deeply into these books as I can, but it always takes me longer and it feels like more effort to be reading nonfiction. And especially with all the stress that I have been going through, I have just allowed myself to the fiction books that I read. Cause I try to end my day with fiction to just like get my mind off of stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead of being all like, you know, hoity toity and like, I'm going to read some amazing historical fiction book. I'm reading like the dumbest romance kinds of rom-com things that I can find. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Listen, my, my middle child, she struggles with reading. And at first I was like, you've got to be reading like, you know, very prestigious, you know, chapter books like Matilda, like we got to be. And she's like, all I want to do is read these Barbie books. And I'm, and it finally, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You're reading. It's great. It's working that brain, whatever. We're going to go for it. So I think that's fine. Yeah. It's just like somebody's life gets wrapped up with a tidy little bow in each of these stories. I need that right now. And so I'm not going to feel bad about the state of my current Goodreads. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't feel bad about that. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? I think so. All right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. All right. Cloth napkins or paper? Oh, paper. City or country? Country. All right. Paper or digital? Mm, oh, I don't I know. know. I don't know. Paper. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's time to make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Podcast. And what are some of your favorites? 
The Bible for Normal People with oh, Peter Enns. Um, I love the big boob cast, obviously. Yes, yes. I love the cut. Um, I love Every Little Thing from Gimlet. It's super fun. Um, heavyweight, Invisibilia, The Next Right Thing, obviously the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And Jamie and the Bible bench, clearly. Um, I love revisionist history. I love stuff you missed in history class. Um, with friends like these, I love without fail. I really just love a lot of, I love criminal. I love so many podcasts. I have a problem. I can't, I don't ever listen to That's them. I don't ever get through. I know it's so hard. I've got that same, like, there's just so many, where do I even begin? Yeah. Yeah. But that is a great list. I can't wait to to check some of those out that I haven't yeah. heard of. Okay, chocolate, milk or dark? Milk. Okay, sports or no sports? Sport. La- sports. Well, clearly with the volleyball. I mean, obviously, I'm yeah. very pro sports. <laughs> yes. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Oh my gosh, I yeah. love this. Is <laughs> You're going to be like, what? Uh, there's this movie that is called Mrs. Winterborn. Um, that is a starring Brendan Fraser and Ricky Lake. And oh my. it is a romantic comedy, but I love it. And it's about a train wreck. And Ricky Lake is like the My Fair Lady of Brendan Fraser's very fancy family. And it's oh magical. Goodness. They fall in love. And I don't know why I love it so much. I just... I'm, I'm going to need to go check this out because also with the, all the reading I've been doing, I've been like just resorting to romantic comedies. And oh, if I can listen. find one that I haven't seen before, it just feels like gold. So It's so bad. I love bad movies <laughs> so much. I love From Justin to Kelly. Oh, very deeply. You, you could love the new Four Weddings and a Funeral then. Well... <laughs> But I like them like so aggressively bad that there's no way anyone could ever like them. Like, okay. so yeah, that that's, right. those are my two. Those are my two favorites. Okay. Last question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum? I think I'm at like a six. Okay. I feel good about a six. Yes. Because I love a natural deodorant, but I still like to shave my legs sometimes. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I I completely agree with that. Depends on the day. I'm not using like charcoal toothpaste. I'm not doing that. Okay. It's a little weird. Yeah. The day and the season, you know, you can get away with a lot more in the fall than you can. That is very, very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, it was so fun to have you on, Erin. I'm so glad that I was finally able to get you on the show. This was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was, you're a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. And I hope that this new study goes really well. We will have links to all of where people can get it in the show notes. And yeah, I hope that does really well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ladies, I am like chomping at the bit. 
to hear what you thought of this episode. I would love to get your feedback on Instagram or in the Patreon group or wherever it is that you can reach out to me. I would really love to hear what you thought of what Erin and I talked about, the things she's offering. And if you like these kind of episodes where I'm just deciding on people who I want to have on the show that aren't necessarily tied to a book. You can, of course, find the links to everything that we talked about in this episode at boldturquoise.com slash 136. Pretty soon that link will probably be changing, but you can always find our show notes at cultivatingthelovely.com. And it's easier than ever right now to recommend the show to your friends because we are now streaming on all podcasting platforms. So you should be able to find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and recommend us to your friends. And while you're at it, if you want to go into iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it is so helpful and getting other people to be able to hear about the show and for iTunes to recommend it to other people. It's a really cheap, easy way for you to help impact the show and help for it to grow. All right, that's it for this week, ladies. But until next time, go be bold and gracious. Mm-hmm.